0: Welcome to Zen for Real Life. This is Dogo at the City Cave on this cold, windy, wild, rainy Glasgow morning. Many people, maybe most of us, when we come to Zen practice or any contemplative practice, come to it with an idea. ...that we want to change ourselves... ...that we want transformation... ...but we're usually not... ...aware... ...of... ...the self... ...that we want to transform... ...or what we want to transform it into... ...we think we want to be enlightened... ...or we want to be more compassionate... ...or to suffer less... To be different somehow. But what is the self that we want to change? One of the great koans is Who is the true person of no rank who comes and goes through the gates of your face? Who is the true person of no rank who comes and goes through the gates of your face? Who are you? Who is it that wants to practice Zen? Who is it that's hoping to be transformed? That's hoping to be changed? Everything that we think is who we are is not who we are because it's something that we can observe If we were in the same room right now, I could look you in the face and you could look me in the face. Because even though we're exactly the same thing, I'm not you and you're not me. So we can look at each other. We can observe each other. But to look at our own faces, we would need a mirror. And of course, even the mirror doesn't uh, present... ...or face as it actually is. So that which you can observe... ...is not you. When you can observe something... ...there's obviously uh, this um, duality. Two entities. Whatever is being observed... And whoever it is that's observing it. And in meditation, you find that you can observe everything that you thought was you your thoughts, your feelings, your bodily sensations, everything can be observed. What you're observing is your traits, and those traits are not you. But when we talk about changing ourselves, about wanting to be different, or if we say a person has changed, what we mean is their traits have changed or more likely they're relating differently to their traits and not acting upon them. but we make a huge mistake when we think we are our traits and we think our traits can be changed now we say I have brown eyes we don't say I am brown eyes or we might say my eyes are brown there's us and there's our eyes let's say I've got blonde hair My hair's blonde. And sometimes people actually say I'm blonde or I'm brunette. But we're still aware that we're talking about our hair, not about who we are. But we don't do that with our personality traits. Even though we'll say someone has a nice personality... You know, we don't say they are a nice personality. See, they have a nice personality. So at least we realize, at least in that um, figure of speech, that we're not our personality. The personality is something we have. But we'll talk about how somebody is lazy or is angry. Or is dishonest. It's usually the negative traits that we talk about. And of course it's usually the negative traits. Really it's always negative negative traits that we want to change in ourselves. But how do we expect meditation to change those personality traits? It won't any more than it will change the colour of our eyes or our hair. Or our height. But. What if we stop. Wanting to change those traits. And instead. Just stop identifying with them. Who is the true person of no rank. Who comes and goes through the gates of your face. I've heard people in the West. When. um Hearing that koan for the first time say that they think of no rank as being no worth, of no value, and connecting it to a sense of self loathing. No rank is not about worth, and it's not about value it's beyond worth, it's beyond value it's not comparative it doesn't say low rank or medium rank as opposed to high rank it says no rank who is the true person of no rank who comes and goes through the gates of your face What if you relate to your own personality traits the same way you relate to someone else's personality traits which is you observe them, you know they're there you like them or don't like them but you don't take them personally you don't identify with another person's traits so why would you identify with your own The practice of Zen, of showing up, of meeting life as it is, is the practice that takes you past any identification with your quirks, your personality traits, your eye colour, your hair colour, your name, who you think you are. How you think, what you feel, all of that. It takes you past those things to who you actually are. And who you actually are is the one who's observing your traits. The one who can see all the aggregates that you think um, are who you are, but they're really just components of a personality, of something impermanent that comes together and falls away and crumbles. Now, here in the West, we're conditioned not to see that. We're conditioned to think of ourselves as fixed and permanent and therefore to identify with the the sum total of those uh, personality traits. It's not the same in other parts of the world, in the uh, Japanese novel uh, The Tale of Genji the word impermanence appears more than a thousand times but in the West we are taught to behave as though everything is permanent as though we're going to live forever to get things keep them Achieve things, gain admiration, make our mark. Who is it that wants to make the mark? Make a mark on what? Who is the true person of no rank who comes and goes through the gates of your face? Who are you?